As women, we have experienced layer upon layer upon layer of trauma, not only from our own lives, but inherited from our parents, our mothers, our school systems, our societies, our religion. And we need to overcome all of that in order to be authentic and come from a true place within us and live powerfully moving forward in our lives. And today we're going to have a nice conversation with Gerds Handel, who is a trauma coach and inner work expert, who's going to talk to us about how we overcome all that conditioning and deep inner trauma to untangle it and end up in our power as women. Join us to find out more. Well, hello and welcome everyone to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that, which is greater than us, the big mystery beyond the veil to those synchronistic moments that lead us inexorably towards a deeper understanding of ourselves and life. And I am your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I am here week after week having these conversations and going deep in these spiritual topics, hoping that it serves you to show up and listen to the conversations that we're having, bringing in experts from around the world to have these conversations who have gone through their own journeys, claimed their own wisdom, and then shown up here today with us. And today we're going to be talking about overcoming trauma, you know, especially for women. We've experienced so much trauma collectively and ancestrally. And at this time on the planet, there's still traumas happening all over the place. So how do we pull out of that victim consciousness of being traumatized and and the really real experiences of our ancestors, which we can really feel in our bones and maybe even past lives where we have had traumas happen to us as people in female bodies? And how do we pull out of that and into the empowerment? And what do we do with all this trauma and victimization? How do we empower ourselves through the experience knowing that it is just happening? So there's a lot happening in the world. And if you guys have been tuning in, you know, a couple of weeks ago, even last week, I talked about a friend through a spiritual community who was the victim of a raging shooting incident at a boba tea shop of all places. And you know, we have this kind of chaotic trauma happening in our culture all over the place. A couple of years ago, last year, I think it was Uvalde in Texas that had a school shooting. And so much trauma is happening all the way around, including our family systems and so much being revealed about our own lives and maybe some, some traumas we had in early life that we blocked out and we forgot about. And then, you know, you hit midlife and it starts to come up and it's asking for healing. It just feels like there's trauma everywhere. And everywhere we look, we're healing something. We're looking closer at it. So what do we do with that? Because if we got bogged down in just sort of the random acts of violence or just like, why would a father molest her child? I mean, why would a husband beat his wife? Why do we have to have battered women's shelters? Why does all this happen? If we got bogged down in the why, we we probably get pretty discouraged after a while because it's so pervasive. So how do we as women empower ourselves through this trauma and collectively work together to empower and to lift the whole conversation 
into a whole new paradigm. And I know that's what so many of us are really committed to doing on the planet at this time. And I, I'm quite sure that our guest today is on the same mission. So we today we have with us Gerds Handel from the UK. Welcome, Gerds. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. And I had you on my podcast as well recently, and it was just such a powerful conversation. So I can't wait to, to talk about how to heal trauma and really come back home to yourself. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about it because I enjoyed being on uh, your podcast as well. So Gertz has the is a host of the Inner Light Project podcast, and uh, I've been on her show recently. We'll put a link in the show notes. And she is a trauma coach and inner work expert for high achieving women. And her mission is to empower them to transform trauma and trust themselves so they can powerfully move forward in their lives. And she has 11 years of experience in trauma healing boundaries and inner child work and the women who come to Gertz for advice, guidance, and tools to become happier, healthier, and peaceful through her infinite trust method and rise up sister VIP day and so much more. And so we are really blessed to have you here with us to share some of what you've learned about the ancient wisdom of women and the and the wounds of patriarchy, how to stand in our power and overcome those and reclaim parts of ourselves that we thought were lost, forgotten, or abandoned. Because of course, everything can be recapitulated and reclaimed and we can become powerful through the traumas. It's what we do with the traumas that decides whether we're victims or whether we're empowered. So I know we're going to tell the empowerment story today. So tell us a little bit about your background. How, How did you come into this kind of work, Gertz? Oh, funny enough, I never imagined I would be in this kind of world of work. So I was originally a journalist. So I was a health journalist. I was, I'd been in radio. I had been in broadcasting. I'd worked at a news channel in Canada. I tried print magazine, you name it. I tried everything. But something my soul felt like it wasn't right for me because it was a very toxic environment. Now you can imagine news is negative. But I wanted to help people because health was always within my lineage. My mum was a nurse. The people around me were always helping and supporting others. I worked in a pharmacy when I was at university studying. So I, I trained to be a dispenser. So I dispensed medications. It's very strange journalism and health and, and pharmacy, but there was some kind of tie there for me. But it, it just didn't feel right. I actually ended up leaving a letter. God, actually, no, 2000, I was about to say 11 years ago, but actually it was 2012 when I left that industry. And the reason I left that industry was because I needed to heal myself. I needed to come back home to myself. I had lost all power of me. I didn't know who I was anymore. I was tired of this victim story. Like I was, I used to drink a lot. I ended up becoming severe, like a severe alcoholic. I'm not going to lie. I used to numb my emotions. I didn't know how to speak my truth. I was angry at the world. I was bitter at life. And here I was at almost turning 25 at that point in my life with a cancer scare, sat in the hospital hearing the words, actually felt to know what actually what did actually happen was before I heard it's time to heal was I was sat there feeling sorry for myself. I was like, why me? What have I done to deserve this? Nobody was there, just me by myself in the waiting room. And I heard, you created this. I was like, what? Where are you? Who? What? (laughs) And then when they told me they misdiagnosed me, I ran out of the hospital and I cried and I heard, it's time to heal. And I just went on this journey of just deep clearing. I wrote 30 pages of my life in seven hours. I saw all the patterns of my life and I just went into the self-help world, the development world. And I just went in and tried to learn anything as possible that could heal me. I didn't know anything about trauma. I didn't know anything about healing. I was just committed to myself in, in freeing myself because I felt like I was chained. Emotionally, I was chained at these painful emotions that I had. So 
yeah, I never imagined being a trauma trauma coach. I after I actually left the journalism world, I actually worked with young people, and it was so therapeutic, Kerry, because it taught me to come back home to my inner child. You know, she learned how to play again and dance and be free. And the more I did this kind of work, it healed more of me within. I also, God, I did so many different things. Like I had a radio show, then I have had a podcast, which I still have now. I did, yeah, deep exploration work. So even though I wrote 30 pages of my life in in seven hours, it took me, I would say, seven years to do the deep work. So we're talking ancestral, cultural, society, familial. But this was me just working on myself, looking at my own wounds. And it wasn't until about, I think, 2014 where I started life coaching. I, I just was like, I'm here to help people. I didn't know how it was going to look like. I didn't know who I was going to help. But I just put myself as a life coach. And then I was a speaker at the time. And I went out because when I was working with young people, they're like, oh my God, you inspire me telling your story. And I was like, wow, okay. So I went out there sharing my story, but I didn't know how to explain to people how I'd healed myself at that point. You know, they wanted to know the tools. And I was like, I don't know, I'm just working on myself still. And so as I went on that journey of, you know, healing ancestral, cultural, society, familial, then it was immigrant trauma, you name it family trauma, money trauma, you name it. There was just layers and layers. And that's when I realized, actually, I've done a lot of this by myself, which I don't recommend, Kerry. Never again would I ever do this by myself because it was the most traumatic time in my life, but the most powerful. But yeah, I just kind of went from within. And then I realized that this was a program. I wanted to help women. I just didn't know how to. And I realized the only way I can help is through my own story and through my own learnings. So I created the program, the Infinite Trust Method, which was called something completely different at the time. But I realized that we all have trauma that we need to heal. Now, we can't heal from our trauma and then hold boundaries. You know, if we don't heal our trauma, we then find it hard to hold boundaries. So every time I tried to hold boundaries when I hadn't done much of the inner work, the boundaries would not stay. So what I realized is you need to heal the trauma and then you're able to hold boundaries. Then you can see your inner child. Then you can meet her. Then you can actually balance in your feminine energy. Then you can nourish yourself. But I didn't know any of that in the beginning. You know, I was just like, I need to heal. I don't know how, but I need to heal. But I surrendered and, and trusted from within. I love that. I love that you, well, first of all, I love that you're a journalist. All right. And so you just went- My former life. <laughs> new project. You know, like I'm going to research this. And figure this out, you know, because that's what journalists do. They go, okay, here's the story. I'm going to go in and I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to travel down all the little tunnels. I'm going to ask all the right questions. I'm going to keep peeling it back and opening it up and figure it out, right? And then I'm going to share what I learned. So I love that. I love that you had that training because I that's so required. That kind of mindset is actually the mindset that's required in order to heal because you have to be able to do that inside yourself. You had to be able to go down inside yourself and start looking at things and navigating the terrain, figuring out who, you know, who is the star witness? What are the supporting cast? How do I get down deep inside there? And then what questions do I need to ask to get the information I want? Right. So that's, that's like all about intuition and, and inner navigation. I love that. And then I love how you said you would never do it by yourself again. <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard to do it by yourself. I keep telling people this, like I posted about this last week because I hear so many people like kind of bitch and moan about, oh, like this new age, spiritual, blah, blah, blah. And then I have to pay them and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're paying them for their journey. You know, <laughs> you're paying them for all the hard won wisdom that they got by struggling through it. And they're saving you time. So you don't have to struggle through it. 
That's what you're paying them yeah. for. It's like spirit is free. Yes. You can tap into your own spirit guys. You can do the journey. If you want to do it all by yourself, you can, you're going to spend some time twisted up in knots, going in the wrong direction, playing pin the tail on the donkey and completely in the wrong direction about the donkey. Like you're not even in the same room yeah. with the donkey, but if you want to do that, you can, but if you want to actually get to a place of healing, that is not going to reverse itself but it's only going to move forward. You want to work with a guide who's done it themselves because only somebody that's actually taken that journey can guide you there. Even somebody that's had like a PhD from psychology or something, if they haven't gone through that, they have no idea how to help you. They just have textbook wisdom. Textbook knowledge is not lived experience wisdom. It's a totally different thing. So I love that you said that too. And now, because you didn't have that, you had to navigate yourself. And when you do that, when you do take that course, you do end up learning a lot of good wisdom through your journey, which is often <laughs> frustrating, but you did it. So yay. Yay, you. <laughs> Thank you. I was just going to say, yeah, I, 100% with what you're saying about the whole PhD, if you have, and that's why clients come to me because they're sick of way, the way they're being mistreated in therapy. And I'm not saying all therapists are bad because there's some amazing therapists out there who've been through hell and back and they've done the work and they're now therapists or they're healers or they're coaches. But if they don't have the knowledge of what you're going through, it's going to be very hard for them to relate. And a lot of the time they're going to actually put you down or they're going to talk about their own trauma and inflict it on you. That's what I've seen over the years. And so when people come to me, they're like, I'm tired of just talking about it. I'm like, well, we're not going to be just talking about it. We're actually pulling the root. If we carry on talking, it's just like, you know, how we talk to a friend, we go on and on and on about the same thing. We'll be there for weeks later. You have to pull out the root in order to heal. And so with the work that I do is we pull from the root. We look at, you know, why you are the way you are. We look at your, there's a reason why we look at your family there's a reason why we look at your ancestors. There's a reason why we look at the cultural aspect. There's a reason why we look at society. And the big one is the reason, mainly as well we look at, is patriarchal patterns. Where have they come from? Why have you followed them? Who told you to behave that way? Once we peel off those layers, then you come back home to yourself. The thing with women, we have been conditioned from the moment we were born into this world. This is the thing. Whereas boys are able to be free. There are some limitations, you know, don't cry and certain things. But for women, as young girls, we feel like we have no ownership of our body. We have no ownership of our own lives. We feel like we have, we're not able to speak our truth. We're made to feel like our bodies are not our own. So much trauma. We have to peel off those layers in order to come back home to ourselves. But also, it's not just our trauma. It's our mother's traumas. It's our grandma's traumas. It's our great grandma's you know, traumas. There are traumas that we have when we're in the womb. We have to heal those. That's where the wisdom comes when we heal all of that. Then you're able to trust your intuition. There is a lot of young girls and women who don't know how to trust their intuition. And it's not because we're not assertive like men. And sometimes men will be like, oh, you know, she can't think for herself. You know, I've heard many men say that over the years about their wives or their girlfriends. And I, it, it really irks me because you were raised very differently. Women for centuries didn't have a voice, didn't have their own money. Even if they had money in their family, when they got married, it was taken away from them and given to the husband. Of course, women have deep trauma. We have to heal that patterns. You know, once upon a time, there were witches and, you know, powerful priestesses and goddesses in the world who were in their power. They owned their shit. But somewhere in the lineage, there were some egotistical men who were like, we need to bring down women and control women and the 
toxic masculine men energy came into the world. And suddenly the power of women was disappeared. You know, temples disappeared. Women of empower disappeared. You know, women were then told to fight and compete with one another. Women were told to look outside superficially, look perfect for a man, you know, dress this way, behave this way, do not swear, you know, be this perfect image for society. No wonder we struggle. Even in this world today, like I don't have any problems with people doing plastic surgery or, you know, wearing lots of makeup, but I would love them to question why they're doing it. Is it for them? That's great if it's for them. But if it's for the world, there's an issue because that's not love from within. That's not you having your power. You're giving your power away to society. And this is amplified on social media more than ever. You know, I see, I'm in my mid-30s now and I see the younger generation. I feel like they're more insecure than what I grew up with. You know, I grew up with like the whole Barbie, the plastic image, you know, being a woman of color, you know, there was not a representation, you know, I was insecure growing up. But now I feel there's more insecurities on another level because of social media. And again, this is why it's so important for us to come back home to ourselves, to love ourselves, to accept ourselves. But we have to go back to the root. And it's deeper than what we know. But when we get there and we start to peel off the layers, there is going to be emotion, there's going to be anger, there's going to be frustration. And that's absolutely normal right? We've spent years, again, women, don't be angry. If we're angry, suddenly, oh, we're such a bad woman. And, you know, how dare we raise our voice? But men, are, it's okay for men to do it. There is so much judgment in the world about women. And that's why it's so important for us to come back home to ourselves, you know, have that support mechanism where there's women who are able to support you, whether it's a coach, a leader, you name it, a healer, you name it, a psychologist who has that experience in what you're going through, go to them because they will help you to come back to that wisdom of who you're meant to be in this world. Yeah. And I think that you made a really good point about the young people and not really knowing who they are, right. And trying to figure that out. And the social media thing is so intimidating. Can you imagine like you get in a fight with a girlfriend, then it's all over social media. Kids used to just beat on each other at school, you know, but then now it's everywhere. Right. And so there's been even kids who have committed suicide because it's so devastating to them. Mm-hmm when they, you know, they get attacked or bullied through social media. But we also have this kind of extra constrained rules now too about how to treat each other, right? That are even extra confining the polite society. Like you're supposed to be so nice and polite and, you know, not like say anything (laughs) offensive and don't say that word because that means this over here to these people in this culture. And don't say that because this means, you know, and I'm all for being, sensitive towards people and what they, uh, their backgrounds and what words or phrases they are really important to them, but we're not all going to know all those things, you know, cause we're not living in that skin. And so also it's like, wow, like let's give each other some grace while we all figure this out together. Right. And it's going to be messy. As a matter of fact, it's so messy right now that it's just mess everywhere. Right. It's just chaotically messy. <laughs> So women need to learn how to get angry, but also men, like men are not allowed to be angry. A lot of times, you know, there's, there's certain cultures where they can, right. But then there's other places where they're not allowed to express anger because that makes them a mean, a bad, scary, big man, you know, and they don't want to be that, or they don't want to be like their father was. And so they, they're, they suppress it. So it's a lot of people suppressing. I basically, you know, I think we're really in this big movement right now of, deconditioning all the ways that we've been up until now, all of us, not just women, but men too, everybody. And, and people that don't identify as man or woman, right? Cause there's like all new gender classifications that are like, I don't identify as that. 
I'm non-binary or I'm, you know, it's almost like our psychology is like saying, I won't, I don't want any of those previous classifications. I want to toss all of it out. And I just want to find some authenticity inside of myself and express it. And I want everyone to honor that. Yeah. I feel like as well, we all have, I don't know if you're aware of this, but we all have masculine and feminine energy, men and women. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the times we're living in the wounds of both or one or the other. So it's about coming back home to yourself and healing the wounded masculine and healing the wounded feminine. Some of us, you know, might have grown up with a wounded masculine dad, and then you are drawn to a wounded masculine, fem- sorry, wounded feminine man. We again, we have to heal that because then we will attract something the opposite, but then it will still be wounded. So we have to heal the woundedness within ourselves and then pay attention to our relationship. Even our relationships with our fathers or our mothers growing up can affect our relationships. It can affect how we are in the world. You know, not just relationships that you're, you know, you're dating or, you know, someone you're married to. I'm talking even about relationships in the work environment. Relationships around us are affected by our patterns. There's a reason, I I feel like I'm going off a tangent, but even work, there's a reason why you got fired. There's a reason why somebody was bullying you, et cetera. A lot of that time is also generational as well. Say your mum was mom went through something similar it will go it will happen to you we have to heal everything this is the thing people don't realize a lot of the times that happen in our life are linked to our family or are linked to trauma that's happened beforehand within the family and we have to really go in and, and realize this and the reason I shared about the work trauma was because recently I was having a conversation with a client and we were talking about her past work trauma and she's she's like close to her 60s and she just she blows me away, when, like this, this client of mine. And she was talking about how the 80s and what it was like. And like, that's what my mom grew up with as well. Like this powerhouse shoulder pad era. And I was like, yeah, my mom went through this and went through that. And, you know, I then realized what my life was like when I was a journalist. And I was like, yeah, I went through similar experiences. So I picked up her patterns that were then wounded from well, my mom within me growing up. So again, that's why it's so important to heal all areas of your life. Now, you don't have to do all of it straight away. You can start off with one, but the more we do the inner work, the more we're then aware of our surroundings and what we're going through. And I feel with young people in particular right now with the social media, you know, oh, we're losing identity of self. We really are. I remember growing up where I remember having a phone, but that was like at 14 years old, but we didn't have the internet till a bit later on, but we didn't have this. We weren't obsessing and looking at other people. We we did it in magazines, but it wasn't there 24 seven. Now it's like, even from a young age, they're having a disassociation with themselves instead of connecting with nature and being at home with themselves because nature is part of us. We are part of nature. When we're in nature, we're more connected with ourselves. But what is happening is they're growing up being disconnected from a young age, you know, being on the iPad, being on the laptop, being on their phone. So they're having a massive disconnection. They're looking for identity. They're looking for self-love and validation, but they're looking it on the outside and not from the inside. So then social media becomes this big craze. That's why, you know, you have loads of celebrities out there or, you know, this new reality stars that have come out and they're all looking for fame. But really, it's, I don't think it's about the fame. I think it's looking for themselves. I see this a lot and it, it saddens me. You know, things have got to change because a lot of them are going through depressions and highs and lows or, you know, like you said, committing suicide, like because there's that lack of love. But that lack of love can only happen if we go from within. We can go outside and ex- try to seek validation. I did that, you know, in my, in my mid-20s. I was going out clubbing, trying to find myself hanging around with the wrong people, looking for that validation, then attracting toxic relationships. 
And then I was going down a spiral toxic path and then using alcohol as a way to numb my emotions. We really have to go within. And when we go within, we can love and accept ourselves and mother ourselves and father ourselves and love ourselves the way we wanted to growing up. Yeah, it's a big journey to decondition all that. And in the middle of it, you don't even know that it's happening. So when it first starts, you're completely unaware that that's even a thing. And you're just kind of tossed about in this environment and you're growing up in it, just trying to survive and navigate, right? Like you said, and you're going out to the clubs and you're, you know, you're just kind of doing what everybody does. Like that's what people do. So you just go and do the thing that other people do. And then it's at some point you start to realize that's not satisfying you anymore. And I think for me, it also happened right about like 28, something like that, 29. And I started feeling like this is not going anywhere. Whatever this is I'm doing is not going to go anywhere productive. And I don't want to do this anymore. And so I'll have kids. (laughs) That was my choice. (laughs) So it's time for kids, you know, and really what it was time for was a spiritual awakening. It was time for me to like go within, go to the the spiritual center around the corner, start really looking at myself, getting inside, finding a bigger source to connect to. And that was somebody who I always did art. So I always had my connection open. I was always outside painting and doing art, even though I was working in high tech, you know, I was doing a very dry technical writing job. It was really boring. But I was every morning I would go and paint for an hour. And then once a week I would go with my mentor and we'd paint outside, you know, so I would always had that creativity, that imagination channel open. And I see like a lot of, even from the very time they're little parents don't maybe understand how important it is that their kids do crayons and painting and with their hands and actually create art. And you just see them like I was at the breakfast place the other day and this family had two young ones, probably like uh, two two years old, three years old, and they were on on their own little iPads with their headphones. They completely disconnected Aww. from what was going on, even at the table or in the restaurant. Just the headphones and the little thing, and they're all like playing a game or something on their computer. And I was thinking, there's the disconnection. Mm. It starts already. And instead, when I when I used to bring my kids to the same kind of place, a diner, they'd get a piece of paper with some crayons. That's how it was meant to be, right? That's how we grew up. And now it's just... Now it's some like this completely disconnected and disassociated from the environment and lost in their own little minds inside this little screen. And I feel sad when I see that because I know where that ends up. Because disconnection in a person, when they're not trained how to be part of something, when they're not trained how to use their imagination and their creativity, when they're not trained how to, you know, use their, be in their body, use their hand to create art on a piece of paper and be that channel, when they're not trained how to have a conversation at the table, when they're not trained to be part Mm. of what's going on, they end up like this guy shooting things up because just to feel something. We need community. This is what everyone's missing in this day and age. You know, we grew up with community and connection, and now kids are so disassociated. I couldn't say the word. This is so. This is. I can't even say it. You know the word. Disassociated. This is. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what's going on today. And that that's where the anxiety, the depression, the isolation's all happening. You know, when we have community, we have connection. When we feel connection, we are we come back home to ourselves. You know, we have a support mechanism. I've seen it within within people I know I've, I've lost people to suicide, right? Like friends, family, like I've lost people. And that is when they needed the most support and people weren't there. 
But that's the thing. Community is key. In this day and age, we need it more than ever. You know, the world has is chaotic, it's angry, it's frustrated, it's stressed. We need to come and connect with people. We need to meet people and align with people that, you know, feel like home. It doesn't always have to be family. You know, it can be people that you live locally to. It can be strangers, you name it. But um, I just wanted to come back to something you said about, you were talking about, you know, spirituality and then becoming a mum. I think that's also another powerful way, which I've seen as well. So say if you don't go down the spirituality route earlier on in life, a lot of women now are having these rebirths when they have their children. Then they're realizing the way they're disrespected or how they've been treated by their partner or how society's treated them badly. And they then start to have this deep spiritual awareness and then actually teach their kids how to become spiritual and how connect, to connect with themselves. I've seen that whether you do that before you have kids or you have it when you do have kids, it's a very powerful journey. I've seen it with quite a few friends of mine as well and people that I know that they've come out of these toxic relationships that they wouldn't have necessarily come out of had they not had that child, because that child has taught them the power of themselves and coming back home to themselves. Yeah, it definitely can be a spiritual awakening for sure. I mean, I experienced it as a spiritual awakening. It was kind of plunged into a dark night of the soul because anything that's not, you know, this is what I've learned is that anything that's not, that's not healed, right? From your own childhood, as soon as you have a child, it comes up to the surface because it needs healing. And, Mm. and if we did the work before we had kids, we would be approaching the birth of that child from a completely different matrix than the one that we are going to be birthing the child into when we don't do our healing work. And, and either way is fine. I mean, I didn't do my healing work. I thought I was doing it. I was in psychotherapy for like a decade before I had kids, but I didn't realize the depths to which it went that psychotherapy couldn't even touch because the kind of psychotherapy that I was in, they didn't really understand about pre-verbal trauma. They didn't understand how to address inner child healing because psychotherapy, the kind I had was talk therapy and Mm -hmm. words don't get at emotion. Words don't get at trauma that is in a pre-verbal brain. It only gets at anything after there's verbal. So if you've had trauma early life, and mine was zero to five, it doesn't even touch that. And so you could be in therapy the rest of your life and never get there because you're not addressing the right layer of your consciousness in order to heal those things. So this is why you've got to be, I think, as a person interested in this topic, and I would love your input on this, Gers, but it seemed like you also were like questioning everything. It's like, maybe this expert is not the expert I need. If I'm not getting better after a year, I need to change strategies. Like there's something deeper, right? You've got to be your own advocate for your healing journey. I'll be honest with you. Like <laughs> I didn't go to therapy. I never had counseling. I had none of this growing up because I grew up in an environment where we don't talk about our problems being Indian. So I had somebody in my extended family who wasn't well growing up and we were told we can't tell anybody. So we had to hide everything. So I grew up internalizing everything, my emotions, my feelings, not expressing my truth because the one time I did, I was shunned down for it. So my whole life from a young age was just putting on these um, appearances, like everything's great, but inside I was a mess. And so it was only till I started doing the deep work. And then a few years ago when I had a health condition and there was a lot of things going on, I was diagnosed with kidney disease at the time. I'm now, thank God, I'm I'm clear. But at the time, 
it happened at such an awful time that was something going on with my ex-partner at the time as well. And then that's when I was like, you know what? I need counseling. I need help. I need support. Even though I've done so much layers of, of healing and it helped me. It helped me because it was helping me to have the depths of understanding myself. But because I already had the tools, I could see things on a deeper layer. So it wasn't them really doing the work for me. It was me just verbalizing and hearing myself and what needed to heal. But growing up, I've always been this person that's been curious. So even as a young child, I would have random strangers come to me and share their problems to me. I worked in a pharmacy and somebody would hand their prescription to me at 18 years old. And I wouldn't even say a word and they would tell me their life story. And the pharmacist would say, what are you doing? And I'm like, I just picked up the prescription. I've not done anything. They're just telling me everything. And they'll be like, don't talk to them. I'm like, I'm not doing anything. (laughs) People, I was like, I remember when I was like 10 years old and some woman I didn't even know from the temple would just share her problems with me or some random stranger. Like my whole life was like that. So it was almost like I was always here to do this work. And I didn't know that. But my whole life, I've always been curious, like you said, with the journalism world questioning things, quizzing things, analyzing things. Why are people the way they are? And I would start to see patterns from a young age. Why is women behaving like this? Why are people behaving like that? Why are they angry? You know, my my brain was doing that from a young age. But yeah, I didn't go to therapy until I was 30 years old. I did it all myself. And it was terrible. Like, I wish I'd never done that to myself because I didn't know anything better. It was the darkest, hardest parts of my life. But now what I've done in over seven years, I teach in the space of four months. And I've done everything. And I, I've tried those things. I've tested and trialed them and I see what works. And that's why I'm able to help my clients on a deeper level, because I know what it's like to be at their lowest point, all alone, not having that support, holding their hand in that moment, allowing them to heal and support them, but also having fun. You know, trauma doesn't have to be so serious. We've, we've been taught that trauma is so serious. Like we have laughs within my sessions because trauma isn't that serious we allow it to become serious. You know, if we look at it, we pay attention, we pull the root, we become more joyful. Yeah, that's really powerful. Trauma doesn't have to be serious. It definitely hurts sometimes, but it doesn't have to be serious in healing it. And actually the humor can bring a lot of healing. Tell tell us more about that. Oh gosh. So like even the times where I was bed bound for a few years, right? When I got really sick. So back in 2000 and... So was it 2007... I was at like the highest point in my career. I was speaking on stages to like a thousand people. The coaching business was coming up really busy. And then suddenly like that, everything went when my, my health went. I had to surrender and really listen from within. I spent two years trying to find out what had happened, discovered I had a kidney problem. And in those moments, I had even more deeper healing work to do. And I'd sit there thinking, why? Like I'm bed bound. Like, why universe? Why are you doing this to me? And then I just laugh at myself. I'm like, okay, thank you. I get the message. I need to slow down. Okay, thank you. Yes, I've always been an alpha woman. I need to slow down because I used to be a journalist that was obsessed with my career and, you know, would live off three hours sleep. Thank you, universe. I need to slow down. Okay, what's the message here? So I would see laughter in those moments. I'd be like, what's the message here? And, you know, that's what I teach my clients. You know, when things are not working out for you, maybe it's a blessing, you know, ask or say, I surrender. Thank you, universe. Go do something joyful in those moments when we're feeling sad cry, laugh, just have joy in that moment. I think people forget you're not going to be stuck in that situation forever. You have a choice. You have a choice to be a victim or you have the choice to be a successor in your life. You know, again, you have a choice to be in survival mode or you can have a choice to be in safety. And a lot of the time we're in fear and survival and, you know, we don't know how to be safe as women, right? So a lot of time we're like, you know, going through our darkest moments, crying it out why me? Why me? What have I done to deserve this? 
be like, just laugh at yourself. Why, why the hell am I feeling this way? Okay, thank you. Have a dance. Be silly. Put some music on. Cry it out. You know, I was joking with a client the other day. She was telling me there was a situation happening and we've done a lot of deep work, but naturally things are going to come up, but now they've learned how to deal with it. We're going to have ebbs and flows in life. You know, things are going to go high, things are going to be low, but it's learning how to balance that and how to deal with it when you're going through it. And she said, I remembered something that you said. I was crying my eyes out, what is this happening to me? And then I got up and I started dancing and I laughed at myself and I was like, this is not that bad. What the hell is wrong with me? I just started laughing like at her situation and was like, thank you for the message. There's so much power in shifting our energy. We always have a choice to shift that energy. We put ourselves in seriousness. You know, I spent my whole childhood being in seriousness. I held my teenage years in seriousness, my mid-20s in seriousness. So when I got sick, I had to learn how to have joy in the hardest parts where I couldn't even climb up the staircase without being tired. I couldn't even walk with three bags in my hand. And I'd be like, thank you, thank you. And I would just be in joy. Thank you. I was able to move more today. Thank you. You know, have a little dance and then feel tired. I'm like, thank you for a bit of dance today. I had those moments in my life. And, I, and I'm so grateful right now that I'm sat here to being able to talk to you healthy, kidney disease free, right? Had I allowed that seriousness to affect me, then I wouldn't have healed quicker. Joy shifts energy. You know, if you're going through a hard point in your life, put on something funny and laugh. It will shift your vibration. I used to watch friends a lot and just laugh and, you know, be in pain, but I'd still be laughing because it would shift my vibration and make me happy. And I think a lot of us, when we're in those dark moments, we go into even a deeper wound and a deeper darkness. And we we don't know how to get out there sometimes, but it, we have a choice in how to get out of it. We have a choice whether we want to sit there and feel sorry for ourselves and do feel sorry for ourselves because we need to feel that. But don't stay there forever. It's about paying attention. What can I do in that moment to make myself better? Is it asking for support? Is it asking for help? Is it just dancing? Is it running around the garden? Is it rolling down in mud? Like, you know, whatever makes you happy. Is it climbing a tree? Is it playing with an animal? Is it just singing to yourself? Like when you were a child and dancing, going la 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 around in a circle, you have a choice. Yeah. And it's actually this thing called laughter yoga, which is all about that too. (laughs) They actually created something called laughter yoga that expresses that. Yeah. So we, you know, we can feel the pain and then also feel the pleasure. And that also is healing too. It's bypassing the pain that is the problem, but you can be with the pain with a sense of humor, with a sense of compassion without bypassing it. And it is a skinny branch learning how to hold all of that at the same time. That's mastery. That's a practice of mastery and not taking yourself so seriously. And that is something that I struggle with as well up until now in my gene keys chart is the shadow of seriousness. And the the middle ground is delight. It's like, okay, how do you get from seriousness to delight? I would love to know that, you know? And so I keep asking spirit, like, okay, how can I be delighted by this thing that's making me feel really serious? How can I be delighted by this thing that's calling me forward? And usually what I find is that the seriousness comes because I have a sense that it's whatever is happening is taking me out of a place that I, that's familiar and comfortable, yet I don't like it. And it's moving me into something new by disrupting that old thing. And when you're in the disruption energy, it feels a little chaotic and scary. But on the other side of that is like, oh, that actually was delightful that that just happened because now I'm free of this, or now this opened up, or now this opportunity is here. But only on the other side of accepting this thing is dismantling or this 
you know, that it can't control it and it's just going to fall apart and just going, okay, it's just going to fall apart. I can't control it. And that's okay. And I wonder what's going to come in its place. So I think we're being moved through all of these shadows so that we can actually decide what we want to create, as you said, decide how we want to build life from a new place and, you know, not to blame anybody who came before. We're not like ancestor shunning or shaming, but there's just patterns that have been rolling down the hill for a really long time. And we're the generation that's saying no more, we're not doing that anymore. And our bodies are part of that process. Like you were talking about, like your kidney disease and all this kind of stuff before our bodies get involved. So our bodies, you know, lots of people with cancer, lots of people with different diseases and things going on COVID and all that, because the body gets involved with the purification process. I was just going to say with, you know, the seriousness, right? We weren't designed to be serious. So a lot of the time, the seriousness comes from our upbringing. We've forgotten to be part of that joyful self that we were when we were kids. Yes, we have patterns that we, you know, that are in our DNA, but seriousness is not how we're meant to live our life. Joy is, you know, think about, you know, when you're serious about something, everything goes wrong. And when you're joyful, everything goes right. So, you know, when I've had the most horrific things happen in my life, I'm just like, thank you, thank you, thank you, universe. Okay, I get the message. And that's how I shift my frequency. I just go, thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, when times have been hard, I'm like, thank you, thank you. Because I have a choice to be back in my inner child. Or I can be in this old person that's, you know, who who I'm no longer am. So we always have a choice. The seriousness, I grew up with seriousness, and I'm sure you grew up with seriousness energy. So therefore, it's a natural pattern that we have, but we automatically go into seriousness and think the worst case scenario. But actually, nothing's ever bad. Everything is is what it is, and everything is joyful if we shift the narrative in how we see it. So now, you know, before when somebody would call me, I'd be like, oh, what do they want? Oh, I must have done something wrong. That's how my mind used to think growing up. Now it's like, oh, I wonder what they want, but in a positive way. Yeah, in a positive way, exactly. We have to watch those mental stories about uh, those default patterns, the mental tape that just keeps the ticker tape runs in the brain, just keeps going around and around with the same story. Those are the ones that you start to heal and you heal the traumas and they, you know, then those things are less prevalent. They just kind of evaporate eventually. Um, And then it gets quiet inside, which is so nice. And you can learn how to trust yourself, right? Infinitely trust yourself. Talk a little bit about how you can learn to trust yourself. The key is to, like what we've been talking, get to the root cause. So the key is to look at your family. So the first thing you could do right now is look at your family pattern. So what was your mom like or growing up? What was your dad like growing up? What were they like together growing up? What are the patterns that you've taken up from them? Then you kind of look at your ancestral side, you know, look at, what was your grandma like? What was her relationship like with her husband, your granddad? That's where mom would have learned that. That's where dad would have learned that. So you then to start to uncover those things. Obviously, it sounds really easy right now, but obviously having the support to do this is a lot. It helps because then you can then see other layers and traumas and patterns that need to be healed. Once you then look at ancestral, then you can see your cultural aspects and you see that how were you raised? What did society tell you? What did your culture tell you? So for me, it was like for being growing up in an Indian culture, you people please, you sacrifice, you don't speak your truth, you be the good girl, you nod and you smile, even though you're in pain. That's what I grew up. My whole life was like, yes, everything's good. Yes, yes, auntie. Yes, yes. But inside I'd be a mess. That was my life growing up. But I learned that no, I deserve to heal. I deserve to to speak my truth. And you know, when I started to see the cultural patternings of, oh my God, 
my culture taught me this. Now this is why my parents then behave this way. This is the expectations from them. Therefore, the expectations what came from their parents. Then I was able to see societal patterns. And when you look at society patterns, what we talked about earlier, how women have been trained to be something they're not, be the good girl, people please, sacrifice, don't verbalize your truth, don't verbalize your anger, just sit there, have your legs crossed, don't swear, just smile, smile, everything's perfect. You know, again, when you start to see that, then you're able to heal that. Then you're able to come back home and you're able to trust yourself. We first have to peel off all those layers to then come back to our, our, you know, ourselves. And that's what I learned. The moment I started peeling off these layers, the moment was when my, I was able to trust myself on a deeper level because they weren't holding me back anymore. When we're able to do that, then we can love ourselves more. It's very hard when we have these patterns to learn to love ourselves because there's always going to be patterns that are holding us back. But when we, these are the main pillars, like ancestral, cultural, society, familial. When we peel off those layers, then we are able to trust in who we are, what our medicine is in this world. And we start to hear an inner voice that we never heard before. I heard it a bit earlier when I was in the hospital, but again, it was like, am I going crazy? Because that's how society makes us feel, right? You say, "Mm, maybe you need to go get some medication. There's something not right with you. (laughs) This is how society taught us growing up, right? You know, if you trust your intuition, "Mm, there's something strange about you. Oh, that woman, she's trusting in herself and wearing these hippie clothes. "Mm, There's something a bit weird about her. You know, that's how I grew up seeing things. So when I heard that voice, I was like, am I going mad? Is there something wrong with me? But the more I did the work, the more I peeled off the layers, I realized it's the universe or high power or God, whatever you want to call it, talking to me. And the more I listened to that, the more things would align for me. So for example, you know, when you don't trust your gut and about a situation, but you know, you should do it, but then you don't. And then you're like, oh, I should have trusted myself. That gets stronger and stronger because then you start to trust in yourself more because those conditionings have disappeared. Then you're able to go, right, I trust in myself fully. You don't go, oh, I should have done that. You just do it naturally. Oh, I love that. That's beautiful explanation. That's gorgeous. So is there, as we're wrapping up this interview, is there any last bit of wisdom or any way that you would like people to connect with you going forward from this interview? Yeah, sure. I think the key is to remember that we are never alone. When we're feeling at that moment where we feel like, you know, there's no one there that understands us, connect with people, ask for support, go and seek guidance, you know, ask the universe for help and the universe will just bring someone into your life. In the, mo- in the weirdest way you can possibly imagine. But don't feel like you are stuck. There's always a solution for where you're at in that, in, in that moment in your life. And we all have the ability to heal from within. The key is to find people that can help to guide you and support you, whether that is a coach, that is somebody that has experience of what you've been through or a healer or going to a retreat. Anything that feels aligned to you, go do it. Even if it doesn't make sense, just go do it. Like I remember the first time I went to a spiritual event, I think it was like on Eventbrite and I was just like, oh, I don't know if I should go. It's really strange. What will these people be like? But I trusted that. And when I went there, I ended up learning about EFT. And I remember sat there doing like tapping, you know, I I don't know if you're aware of it, but like tapping the body. And then this woman was from America as well. And bless her, she, her name's Sonia Sophia. And she like had done stuff at Burning Man. And, you know, she was doing, she was telling us what to do and teaching it. And then I just looked at her and she smiled she, and she said, you enjoyed that, didn't you? And I was like, yeah. And through that, I learned, you know, the power of like connecting from within. I also, the person that ended up hosted that event, me and her ended up having a radio show together. You really never know what's going to happen if you just trust yourself and, and try something new. And I, I've done so many different things. I've walked on 
glass barefooted, broken arrows with my throat. I've walked over fire. I've done you name it, whatever. But all those events help me to understand myself better. However, what I would say is the key is to go from within because those events are amazing and you'll have so much energy. But the key is to actually go from within and heal what what needs to be healed. Um, What I would say, though, is it's find somebody that gets you. The key is when you find someone that gets you and you feel safe, then you're able to speak your truth. Then you're able to heal on a deeper level. Then you're able to have vulnerable conversations and get to the root cause. Um, If anyone is struggling right now and they don't know what to do and they're confused and they're overwhelmed and they're anxious and life feels stuck, send me a message on my website at girdshundle.com. There's a button where you can um, apply for a complimentary call and just share what's going on in your life. And let me see if I can help you. If I can't help you, I will guide you towards somebody. But please don't feel alone. Please get support, whether it's me or Kerry or somebody out there, go get support because we all deserve to be heard and understood and we all deserve to be held. Oh, I love that. Thanks so much for sharing your message and your light today, Gers. I appreciate it. I love your company. And everybody, please check out um, Gers' podcast, Inner Light Project Podcast. We'll put a link in the show notes below and her website. Reach out to her, check out her stuff and have a conversation. Take her up on that free discovery call. And we're going to give kisses now. So as to how we wrap up the show is we give everybody kisses. If you want to join me, you can. And here, here they come, everybody. We love you so much. Mm. and we hope you have a great week and thanks for coming on the show girls and love everybody and see you guys next time on soul nectar show bye for now everyone if you found even one gold nugget in this episode of soul nectar show will you do us a favor will you subscribe like and share this episode maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar From the source of who you are Yeah, yeah